So basically, I wanted to share a little bit of where, how do you get from there? How do you start? And for me, it was, uh, uh, I went to church, uh, but I wasn't a Christian. My parents weren't Christian, but it was the sort of the duty to go to church every Sunday. And uh, my dad didn't go very often, but my mom was <clears throat> always, she was faithful, always go to church at, at the United Church. And uh, when I was 15 years old, I basically said, enough is enough. This is, all I see is a bunch of hypocrites and uh, stuff. So I walked away and I, I worked and I uh, had my first house paid for by the time I was 27 years old and sort of had, the, you know, everything I thought. But there was always this empty void inside me and I didn't know what it was. Um, and it's God calling you. But he's not going to force you to do anything. And so basically time went on and uh, my wife, uh, she went through serious depression. We lost a child and, uh, and she, was, she was looking for something. And she uh, met these, these people in the community and uh, they started sharing Jesus and loving on her. And I thought they were just weirdos, but... One day she came to me and she said, I'm going to get baptized. Because uh, my wife had never been to church in her life. Uh, I'm going to get baptized. Uh, would you come and be with me? And I told her, uh, no. If, if, Sorry, that's who I was. If, uh, if you need a crutch, go ahead. But I, don't expect me to support you. So little did I know she was praying for me and her friends were all praying for me and I didn't have a chance. <laughs> but anyways, I thought I did. So uh, we lived in just outside of Edmonton. And uh, I'm a heavy-duty mechanic by trade. And so I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Hinton because I had a service truck, so I'm mobile. Hinton and, uh, uh, and work out there and see how everything's going out there. And man, I was making big money. And so basically, uh, I phoned my wife and I said, you know what, I've, put the house up for sale. I didn't tell her my ulterior motive, but I wanted to get her away from these weirdos. And uh, put the house up for sale, and we're going to move to Hinton. So we moved to Hinton, and I thought, oh, finally, I get a bit of peace. I don't have to listen to all this nonsense. And uh, little did I know, the first week we were there, she was going to Sunday morning service at the Alliance Church, Sunday evening church at her uh, evening service at the uh, Pentecostal church. And then on Wednesday, she went to the Baptist Bible study. So she had all these people in town praying for me. I didn't, again, I didn't have a chance. But we just kept going and uh, it took four years for God to really shake me up and, and get me going in the right direction. But uh, in that whole time, there was uh, a man, and he just, he actually, my spiritual father just passed away last week. But he, uh, he met my wife at the door of the Alliance Church, and he said, uh, where's your husband? And uh, she said, well, yeah, he, he doesn't go to church. He doesn't believe in God. And he said, well, can I have his phone number? I'd like to phone him and take him for, for coffee. Well, she looked at him, and she said, well, my husband's pretty big, and I don't know what he'd do to you. <laughs> so he says, that's okay, I'll just pray for him. So 
Needless to say, him and his wife prayed for us uh, all the time. And uh, within about, I think it was about three months, they were praying, praying for seven men in the church that didn't go to church. And uh, for about three months, and then um, five of us came all on the same weekend. So don't let anybody tell you that prayer doesn't work. So we went on and and uh, I was uh, I was thinking about God all the time and stuff, and I had a lot of time to to drive. I'm a, I was a heavy duty mechanic service truck. I'd drive miles out into the bush for three or four hours at a time. And uh, one day I'm driving and and you know I'm just I got this emptiness or this yearning inside me, and I couldn't I couldn't put a finger on it and. Finally, I just said, you know, God, if you're real, you need to show me. And that's not a good thing to pray when you're driving down the road at 100 kilometers an hour. Basically, I had to pull over on the side of the road because God met me where I was, right there, out in the wilderness. And I sat and just bawled with the love of God uh, pouring over me for... It seemed like forever. I think it was probably an hour or two hours. I don't know. And uh, when I came back, I I didn't even tell my wife because I didn't know what had happened. <laughs> so she, uh, you know, I, I kept going to church with her and, and stuff, and I was growing in my own way. But, uh, you know, when I got out of uh, high school, basically I, I could hardly read. And so reading the Bible wasn't, really a thing for me, so I actually got a children's Bible with the, the comic strips, and I started reading the children's Bible, and uh, thank you, Lord, I've read my Bible now, and I can actually read, so that's a great thing. But you know, we, as soon as I got saved, well, even before I got saved, Laura was, she was always talking about missionaries doing this and missionaries doing that, and I said, well, you know what, like, I could go help people. And she just flat out said, no way. She said, you're not a Christian. You can't do it. So I thought, well, okay. As soon as I got saved, God started putting this on my heart. And uh, I didn't have any uh, knowledge. You know, I didn't know my Bible very well, but I didn't know Bible stories, so I could share them. And uh, so one day we were getting ready to I wanted to, I come to her and I said, I think we're supposed to sell the house, the brand new house that we had just finished. And I said, honey, I said, I think we're supposed to sell the house. I have this feeling. Like I didn't know God, you know, was talking to me, right? I just had this feeling. And she says, no, that's not God. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, it was. And uh, so we put a fleece out there and we didn't know what we were going to do. And so I, uh, we uh, put an application in for Three Hills Bible College because I thought well, I'm supposed to go get some more training and stuff, and nobody even looked at our house. And so a couple months later, um, we started to uh, get flyers in the mail from Youth with a Mission. I'm thinking, Youth with a Mission? What are you talking about? I've never heard of these guys. Why are they a bunch of weirdos? <laughs> and... Uh, so it's, again, this time we put our house up for sale, sold before it even hit 
the papers in one day. And so we said, well, okay, I guess we're supposed to go to YWAM. We didn't know nothing about it, but we started doing some investigation. And, and we ended up in, uh, in Youth with a Mission in Kona, Hawaii. And uh, that's where I met Rick Sorum. Rick and Judy Sorum were my leaders in YWAM in 1996. So does anybody know Rick before 1996? I think I'm... Rick, you and I, yeah. And I also met Donna and Peter Jordan there. And it was, uh, it was a really tough time because I hear I'm a brand new Christian. I've been a Christian for about a year. And again, I, I'm with all these people that know the Bible inside and out and backwards and forwards and stuff. And I'm, I'm just lost. And I went to this uh, one lady, Allison Scott, and uh, she just looked at me and she said, Dave, she said, you are exactly where God wants you to be. She said, he doesn't care about your head knowledge. He cares about your heart. And I think so many times we get confused that we got to know everything in the Bible and we got to know every verse and every chapter. Myself, I don't think we do. I think we have to give God our heart and he'll take care of the rest. You're on a need-to-know basis, and he'll, he'll let you know when you need to know it. So I've always been one to keep it simple. And anything you're doing, like if you're building a house or you're pulling wrenches or whatever you do, uh, usually the simplest thing is the way that is going to fix the problem. And so that's... I've, I've sort of led with that my whole life, is keeping it simple. And uh, so I just got saved. I'm in Hinton. I'm just, I sold, we sold our house. I'm closing down my business. And uh, I used to go at four in the morning so I could get some work done. Otherwise, the customers were there and they were always, they were asking you questions and you couldn't get any work done. So I'd, I'd get up at 4 in the morning, and I'd go to work, and I'd get more done between 4 and 8, but the rest of the day. And uh, I'd get there this one morning, and there's a truck parked out behind the shop. And I thought, what on earth is going on? And uh, so I started working anyways, and about 6 o'clock, this guy had been sleeping out in his truck. He comes in. His name was Jerry Goldsworthy. And uh, he's a great big guy, six foot four or five, 300 pounds. He's got tattoos all the way up and down his arms, long hair, leather jacket, biker guy, right? So I think. But he started talking to me and he says, can you fix my truck? And I said, well, you know, I, I got to get this one out by noon. So I said, maybe I can, I can uh, take a look at it. And uh, so anyways, he sat there and he watched me work. And he says, you know, man, he says, I, I've never seen a guy. Like, you really know what you're doing. I said, well, I've been doing this quite a few years. I says, but it, you're lucky you got here because this is my last day. I actually quit. And uh, he said, why, why, why would you quit? So here's the a, here's a thing. You either say, make up some excuse, well, I'm, you know, I'm just moving on or whatever. And I thought, no. I, uh, I said yes to God. So I, I'm not going to deny him. So I, I just said to him, I said, well, I'm, uh, 
I'm quitting my job and my family and I are going into youth with a mission uh, to learn more about God. And remember, this guy's like, he's huge. And I, I just met the guy. And so he looks at me like he got deer in the headlights. And he walks out the back door. And I'm thinking, oh, what's he going to go get a club or a knife, <laughs> knife, knife or something? So I'm, I'm sort of a little worried. So he comes back in. He says, so what do you mean you want to know more about God? And I said, well, I, I recently gave my life to the Lord. And I said, I just feel that I need to know who God is. Who created me? Again, he walks out the door, and here he's he's pondering these questions that I'm, I'm or these answers that I'm giving him. Nothing fancy. I didn't quote the scripture or nothing. I just it was just a simple conversation. So he did this about four times, and and uh, we talked. I fixed his truck. He said, uh, "Hey, I'm I'm going to Alaska, but I'll be back on Sunday. Can I?" Can I stop in and buy you lunch? I said, well, sure. So Sunday come along, and, uh, and we go to, uh, I, I drive around, my church was out, I drive around looking for his truck, and sure enough, he's been driving all night, so he's sleeping in his truck. So we went, at, at noon we went for lunch, and at 7 o'clock that night, he finally said, you know, Dave, I gotta, I gotta go. He says, this has been absolutely incredible, the things that you've taught me, and I'm thinking, Okay, I'm not sure really what I taught you. I just, I just shared with you my heart, right? So that's not the end of the story. We go to YWAM, we do our DTS, and that's where I really started to hear God's voice and uh, stuff. When we, when we got back uh, to Kona, Hawaii, like our house had sold, our friends that were getting our mail, they had sold their house. So, like, I don't even know, but I got a letter in YWAM from, I didn't know it, it was Jerry Goldsworthy's wife. And they lived in Newfoundland. And she said to me, uh, she said, you don't know me. Uh, she said, but I'm Jerry Goldsworthy's wife. And she said, I just want to thank you. She said, I don't know what you said to my husband, but he is a new man. He come home and he is a new man. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess that's how God works. And I started, like last year, I started really looking at this as the ripple effect. And our lives, as when we say yes, and that's, by the way, that is the answer. When God asks you a question or asks you to do something, the answer is yes. Not maybe, not I'm, well, I'm too old, not I'm too young, not I'm, I don't have enough money. The answer is yes. If you say yes to God, he'll figure out the rest for you. Don't worry about it. One of the thing. See, there was a good call. I didn't play my video or my other stuff. Okay, so. Um, just a little plug. Uh, who knows who Paul Harvey is and the rest of the story? Okay, so. If you want the rest of the story, you'll have to talk to the leadership and get me back again. <laughs> but I just wanted to uh, bring Donna Jordan up. She's going to, she's been doing missions. I'm just an apprentice. She and, and Rick Sorm have been in missions for, I think Rick is 36 years and you're probably 40. 
46, there you go. And if I just elaborate on the ripple effect, if Donna Jordan and Rick Sorm and Judy Sorm and, and Peter had not said yes to the gospel, where would I be? And so her legacy spreads out from me to Pastor Wilson to all the hundreds of thousands of people that I have touched or God has touched through me and then all the other people along the line. And so I just wanted to bring her up to, to honor Rick. Um, he's been involved in this community for years. He pioneered the YWAM base here. And I'm just so thankful, Rick, that you said yes. Thank you, Dave. And I just want to honor this church also. You're doing amazing. I know you had to move over here. But this is my first time here. And it's just a, a real blessing. I can honestly say that. Just briefly before I honor Rick, which is a blessing. Um, my husband was born in China of missionary parents in Yantai, put in prison for three and a half years. And the last thing he'd ever do was be a missionary. So when he came to Canada in 17, 18, all he wanted was a family, a beautiful home. And uh, <clears throat> God changed his heart. Jesus became Lord of both of our lives. And we said, Father, we'll do whatever you ask us to do. And he said, sell your home and go to YWAM. And that was 46 years ago. And uh, I've never been sorry. I'm going to say that. I've never been sorry. Never raised finances, never raised funds. Because Jesus said, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, everything else will be given to you. And I'm here to tell you at my age, that's truth. It's truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way. I just want to say that. I've never been sorry. There's no retirement. I can't travel, but I'm on Zoom all the time into different nations. And there's no, you don't have to pay by Zoom. You know, you don't. And there's no jet lag. <laughs> but I just want to say there's no retirement in the kingdom. Seriously, I may not get there as fast as you, but I'll get there. And I love it because Hebrews 13, my husband, Judy, others are watching us. That's what it talks about, the great cloud of witnesses. And I believe that. And there's many people that have prayed for what's happening here today. And there is going to be revival in Medicine Hat. And I want to say one last thing, because I'm, I'm supposed to be honoring Rick. Sorry, Dave. Hey, no problem. No, that's what happened. So do they. <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> I'm not sure. Father, what was I going to tell them? I am going to. I am going to. Revival, thank you. How did we get to Medicine Hat? 
a prophet, an Egyptian prophet. There's very few real prophets around, and he's gone to heaven. And we were praying about where we, people kept saying, you're supposed to move to Medicine Hat. Now, why? Yes, I did have, my, my uh, children are reaching the First Nations here. There's Samoan. But this prophet said, this is what I want to tell you. And he didn't know a thing. He was living in Vancouver, and he said, you wouldn't leave Vancouver and leave the people there. David Damon and Gideon Chu and people like that. And I said, don't go there. And so he starts to pray in tongues, and he said, thus saith the Lord, you are to move to Medicine Hat, and streams will come together to form a river going out of that city. And I believe, my friends, what's happened this weekend, there's going to be streams going out of this city. A river. The streams are coming together to form a river that's going to go out of this city. I've never seen such unity. I mean, Lord, is it okay? Anyway, I believe that Medicine Hat is going to be a model to other, other cities across the nation. And I've had leaders come here with me and say the same thing. We must walk humbly with our God and just do what he says to do. So I was told to honor Rick, and that is, a, is such a blessing to honor Rick. I met him in 1954 when he came into YWAM Kona. And uh, then he went and he did his DTS, and then he went to um, Montana and pioneered the base there. And he's been to, he's led many, 20 over 20 DTSs, and he's been to over 35 nations. So I really honor this man. He's a humble man, and he keeps the same heart for revival for the city and for the nation. And Rick, I just bless you.